Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 14 of Revelation chapter 18, and we're going to be reading verses 6 and 7. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she has filled, fill to her double. How much she has glorified herself, and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. I'll stop reading there. Now, I just want to quickly go over uh, the language here of double unto her double according to her works. And then God says, in the cup which she has filled, fill to her double. And he is directing our attention to the cup of wrath. And uh, as we've discussed previously, Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand because God used Babylon, or the kingdom of Satan, as Babylon represents that, and and Satan himself, typified by the king of Babylon, to bring judgment on the churches of the world. And the churches were given the designation, the spiritual designation of the third part. So, the cup that Babylon was instrumental in administering when judgment began at the house of God upon the corporate church was a cup that we could say was measured out to the third part. But now God is looking at Babylon herself and Babylon is made up of all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth and God has given a different spiritual designation for unsaved man outside of the church, where the corporate church had that designation of a third part, but the designation given to man, according to Revelation 13, verse 8, and Zechariah 13, verses 8 and 9, is two-thirds or point six six six. The The number of man is 666, and that is double the third part. And and now, uh, God is bringing forth judgment upon the world. His people are uh, commanded to publish Babylon's fall, as the Lord tells us in Jeremiah 50. We're commanded to uh, go forth, pouring out the vials of the seven last plagues, as we read in, or did read in Revelation 15 and 16. And, and several other scriptures where God indicates we are to share this information with the inhabitants of the earth. And in doing so, we'll, uh, we'll accomplish the purpose of feeding sheep and we'll be publishing the news of the kingdom of Satan's fall. And we will also be rewarding her as she rewarded 
the kingdom of God. As, as Satan came against the representation of God's kingdom, the church, now God says, well, give unto her double. And the news, the information that God has brought judgment on the world is double uh, because it impacts every unsaved individual in all the world, whereas previously the report coming forth from the Word of God, the Bible, of judgment impacted the third part. Well, uh, okay, I think we've covered that. Let's go on to verse 7 of Revelation 18. It says, How much she has glorified herself and live deliciously. And God, of course, is continuing to discuss Babylon. And he says that Babylon has glorified herself. Well, you know, when we read in the Bible, as we often do, of God being glorified, or or as we, we read that word in the Bible, glory or um, glorifying, the word glorified, as it's applied to God, it's a good and right thing. It It is fitting that God be glorified. For instance, let's look at a few verses. In John chapter 12, and there's a lot of verses we could read, but we'll just go to a few. John 12, verse 16 says... These things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. In the same chapter, verse 23, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verse 28, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. It's a, it's a very common thing for God to speak or the Lord Jesus Christ to speak of glorifying God or being glorified in the next chapter in John 13, verses 31 and 32. It says, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Well, the, again, this language is typical of the Bible giving or, or presenting proper and right glorification of God. God glorifies God. You know, when we, we sing that song, To God be the glory, great things he has done. That is a very fitting, proper song for believers to sing. Because it is our desire, and uh, it it is uh, something that God puts within his people to glorify his name. And we can glorify it with our actions, with uh, the good works he has prepared for us to do, or with our mouth. Of course, it, it's necessary for our words to match the condition of our heart, but we can offer glory to God, and and we can recognize that God does get the glory 
because he has done everything for us in the matter of salvation. He has come to us and rescued us and delivered us from the horrible pit. He's lifted us up and placed our feet upon the rock. He's established our goings and put a new song into our mouth, even praise unto God, and many see and fear and will trust in the Lord. And and God has granted us repentance and granted us faith and given us eternal life, and he has bestowed upon us rich, abundant blessings that are beyond our ability to comprehend. They are uh, beyond measure, really. We, we cannot measure. Uh, we, we cannot r- fully understand just how truly glorious and superabundant these unsearchable riches of salvation are because we're in the early stages of being the recipients of God's grace and, and mercy. We're, we're in the early stage where we have the spirit but we do not even yet have the body, and we do not yet have the uh, possession of the new heaven and new earth, and we do not yet have the history of entering into that eternity future and existing with God, living with him in his very presence for eons. We uh, can't use time references anymore because then... We're beyond time. We're into eternity. And, and so how can we really understand and, and grasp the great thing that God has done for us? But we know He has done it even though it is beyond our ability, uh, to fully understand. And so we can sing to God be the glory, great things He has done. And, and that will be our song, um, into this, this coming glorious eternal future. Well, so all of that is good and right and proper and it, it's, um, a correct reaction, a correct, a correct response for the children of God, uh, that God gets the glory. And yet that's not what we're reading here. In Revelation concerning Babylon, it says that she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. You know that Babylon follows the pattern established by its king. And in Daniel chapter 4, remember the, the king of Babylon was boasting and in his pride... Uh, He said in Daniel 4, I'll start reading in verse 28, All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And then he um, goes and dwells with the beasts for a period of time, and 
And yet we can say in the man who typifies Satan that that God made a good selection, just as he did with Pharaoh uh, of the Exodus. But this king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, was a, a proud, arrogant man who um, lifted himself up and thought he was really something. He thought he was a great one. And he's looking out over great Babylon. And he did uh, truly rule over a tremendous kingdom. But remember what God said in another place. It is God that lifts up the basis of men and gives them rule and power over kingdoms. And, and Nebuchadnezzar was one of the basis of men. And, and so here as he uh, is looking out and thinking of his, his wonderful kingdom, he's full of ego. I have built this kingdom by the might of my power. And for the honor of my majesty, it all self-centered, all focused on himself. He, he really thought he was somebody and yet it is God that gives kingdoms to the basis of men and God instructed him by having him lose his mind for a time and then God restored his mind. And yet uh, Nebuchadnezzar was taught a lesson uh, to some degree. He he was never saved. He never had a change of heart. But but God is showing us through this prideful arrogance of the king of Babylon, glorying in his kingdom, what Satan is like and how Satan viewed himself when he ruled over the nations of the world, and he ruled especially uh, to a greater degree at the time of the end when he was loosed to enter into the church and take his seat as the man of sin, well then Satan was exalted and lifted up, and and also in his own mind he really uh, thought he was something. Just look at the language of uh, Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, which, first of all, uh, speaks of the king of Babylon in uh, verse 4, that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How hath the oppressor ceased, the golden city ceased. So God begins by speaking of the king of Babylon but the king of Babylon is a type and a figure of Satan. And so there's a natural transition to Satan. As it says in verse 11, Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials, the worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, or son of destruction? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend 
above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. I, 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 a, a, an egomaniac. Satan um, thinks he is the great king. More than that, he wanted to be like God, and he thought he had become a god because now he's ruling in the churches uh, over all that God previously ruled over the corporate church that has the name of Christ. Remember in Second Thessalonians 2, he took his seat as the man of sin in the temple. And then it mentions being worshipped as God. It says in Second Thessalonians 2, in verse 4, concerning the man of sin, who opposeth and exalteth himself, again, exalting himself, above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So he uh, he was, of course, under a delusion. Satan is only uh, created an angel and a fallen, corrupt angel, as he ruled over the nations of the world, and and God uh, permitted him to overcome Adam and Eve and mankind in order for God to accomplish his own purposes. And God had to set someone up as the uh, head of the enemy kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. So the Lord allowed this fallen angel, Satan, to be the opposition to the kingdom of light and to the kingdom of God's dear Son, in order for the plan of God to work out and develop as God intended, and in order for God to demonstrate and show forth His glorious attributes, His mercy and love and goodness, well, there there had to be this uh, contrary and opposing kingdom that also demonstrated and showed the the evilness of man in his fallen condition and it's only after you can see the wickedness the the uh, terrible evil that's in the heart of men that's in that darkness that and then you see the love of god uh, dying for such sinners dying for such wicked men and we uh, we or the uh, principalities and powers that all this has been put on display for are are given the great opportunity to see that incredible contrast where God shows this is what man has become in his fallen condition and there is nothing worthy Nothing good within them. There is none good. No, not one. Uh, just, just look at the things they do. Look at the things they say. Look at the things that they think. They're completely wicked creatures uh, through and through in body and soul because of their rebellion against me. And there's nothing in them deserving or that would merit my bestowing grace and mercy upon them and saving them, certainly nothing in them worthy of eternal God dying for them and paying their penalty 
No, and and so it is clearly uh, put on display the the great, uh, wonderful nature and character of God, the the tremendous love that He has for these rebels, these fallen creatures, the certain ones His elect that He is determined to save. In other words, one of the purposes for God to allow the world to get to this point in its fallen condition and and to show forth evil the way that it has is that the more evil that men do and the more terrible works and terrible acts we see them perform, it it really does glorify God all the more that he would save such uh, filthy, dirty, rotten sinners as we are. You know, when we look out at the world and and the child of God looks out and, and we're shocked and uh, we're amazed at the degree and level of evil uh, that man has sunken down into the depths of depravity that mankind has reached, well, that is us, that as God has lifted his hand of restraint off of the heart of man, it is not that man now is showing forth a character that he did not possess before, but man is showing forth the true nature of the evil heart that has always been within him. It's only been due to the restraint of God and holding it back. We're actually seeing, in other words, a truer reflection of the the evil heart of man today than ever before in history. This is more accurate, and it, it could be even more accurate still if God were to continue to lift that hand of restraint, uh, which is something we wouldn't want to think about. But But anyway, this is one of the reasons God permitted Satan to have the kingdoms of the world and to rule over them as this evil potentate, this evil king, and and to keep subjects in the dark and to, and to um, show himself that he is God. Well, in doing this, Satan was trying to glorify himself and glorify his kingdom. Uh, just as God does that, God glorifies himself. God glorifies the kingdom of of heaven, the proper kingdom, the right kingdom, the true kingdom that is worthy of glory. But Satan is not worthy of glory. The kingdom of Babylon, the, the kingdom of this world, is not worthy of glory. and And so they have done that which is just adding further to their fallen condition. It's further sin. It's a failure to properly glorify God. And and that's one of the greatest sins of mankind, is that man does not properly glorify God and give God the glory that he deserves. But instead, man glorifies uh, his fellow man. Man glorifies um, things of the world and and all kinds of things unworthy of glory 
man will give glory to, but he will not give glory to, uh, as it says in Romans, give tribute to whom tribute is due, fear to whom fear. And certainly we could add to that glory to whom glory is due. And there's only one uh, who is due glory, and that is God. In Romans chapter 1, it says in verse 21, Because that, and this is God speaking of mankind, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. This uh, it is what man does. He does not give God the glory. and Instead, he gives glory to things not worthy, not deserving of glory. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.